You are now listening to Sanity at the Movies. Hey, let me let me read this review, the most recent review. A smug, arrogant, hypocritical, patriarchal, and patronizing podcast. Listener, you're better off getting movie opinions from strangers on the street. This is exactly the type of retrograde nonsense thing <laughs> that gives Christians a bad name. If anyone was wondering the attributes of our podcast well you've got ben i think he encapsulates the smugness the arrogance the... <laughs> i sure do try <laughs> i don't i won't say i succeed every day but that's what second chances are for yep that's what second chances are for and jake is getting a second chance to be hypocritical patriarchal jake has seven kids he's the most patriarchal of all of us oh man i am indeed don't a patriarch he's, he's also a pastor that's that's like a patriarch and patronizing we've got a patreon we give things to the pa- patrons and we ask them to patronize us so there's there's a lot of patronizing going on both ways guys if you were listening to this and you thought you were going to get anything good we just need to make sure people know they're better off getting movie opinions from strangers on the street but i don't know are you guys ready for some retrograde nonsense thing that gives christians a bad name <laughs> i guess so <laughs> all right <laughs> I like that bad review. Hey, my name is Nathan. I'm your uh, smug, arrogant, hypocritical, patriarchal, and patronizing host. There's Ben. He is your, well, he's the another guy that appears on this podcast. He's also smug, arrogant, hypocritical, patriarchal, and patronizing. And Jacob Menzel, the pastor who's a master of cinema. That's me. How you doing, Jake? Oh, I'm all right. That's good. Well, you guys ready to get back into Justice League? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> it's been a minute. It has been a minute. So a minute. I'm just going to be honest. Last time, in the before time, when we recorded Justice League, I did not have my daughter Theodora born. Since that time, she's done been born. She was like inside my wife. Now she's outside of her. So you'll forgive me if I have absolutely no memory <laughs> what we said in that first Justice League episode. Now, Ben and Jake... Neither one of them has had a child since then, so they probably remember everything perfectly. Yeah. Dude. Exactly what we said about mm-hmm. Justice League. I think we just gave our general impressions and talked about the context that we brought to the Snyderverse and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I don't know how much we actually talked about the movie. Not much. So let's just talk about the movie. What did you guys think about that Snyder cut? Of Justice League. Interesting mix of great and terrible. I enjoyed watching it a lot. Can't say I didn't. I had uh, fun with it. Yeah. What? I don't know what to say. What's terrible seems pretty obvious. Is what is what's great pretty obvious or maybe not? I, well, why don't you quickly list the things that are great and the things that are terrible and then we can explore the things that we think aren't obvious about that list all right well snyder is a really cool visualist he does a great job i i think i said this last time but he gives you the is this true let me see yeah the most comic booky comic book visual world that i can think of in terms of colors and ideas and just visual stuff and a different landscape here and a different one there and a future world here and just all kinds of stuff yeah we've we've had a lot of we've had a lot of experiments in bringing comic books to the screen yes and back in the early days like the early 2000s back way back in the early 2000s you guys remember 
Some of our listeners Nathan, I remember then. as far back as the 1900s. I remember as far <laughs> you do. Oh. Yeah. Jake, good, are you 120 <laughs> years old? I just remember the 1900s. Some people call me Jake. Yes, that is one of my names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I remember. That is what they used to call me. <laughs> uh, Jacob. Jacob, yes. I haven't gone by that name in a long time. <laughs> you come back to us now at the turn of the nine. Uh, hey, speaking of early 2000s <laughs> comic booky cinema. Uh, so you're, you have that Ang Lee movie where he he quite literally divided the screen up into to panels and stuff like that to try and get a, a comic book kind of feel. You've had different stabs at replicating what a comic book does. And some of them have been quite literal and some of them have been like, a Joss Whedon Marvel movie where we just make a movie and it features comic book characters and we're not trying to like visually capture what a comic book does all that much. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse nailed it. Yes, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, very good example. Also somewhat literalist though, like we're going to see panels and you know, it's like they're actually bringing a comic book to life. What Snyder's doing, he's not bringing a comic book to life. He's finding the filmic equivalent mm-hmm. of how to do that same thing. He's so it's it's not a one to one, but it's a mm-hmm. what? How can we use the tools that cinema gives us to capture the same kind of thing to create those splash panels? Like when you That's right. are about halfway through your big graphic novel compilation and you open it up and it's just the one picture of Batman flying across the screen, punching the parademon, and the parademon's flying off the page. Like how can we? How can we do that? visually and he does it with things you know people like to make fun of him they, they think they're obvious but i think he's a master of them. things like speed ramping and slow motion and a lot of cgi and mm-hmm. color and light but as easy as those things are to sort of categorize and then say oh well you know i could do that i could i could speed ramp i could you know i could say make it slower guys slow it down being able to use those tricks with taste, which Snyder actually does, to bring comic books to life. Mm-hmm. Really cool. I think this is the best visual comic book movie ever. Yes, I will say that. I will say that. I think I, I, think I agree. In terms of doing what mm-hmm. a great comic book does, a great bit of sequential art, in terms of doing that kind of action, making it fluid, making it cool. I would say, what would the contenders be? Nolan doesn't come close. The guy doesn't know how to shoot action. We can talk about that some other time. When you get us to 250 or 500 on Patreon, I think we'll talk about that. He does know how to shoot like a single splash page of a thing. Yes. He can do that, but he can't shoot action. Yeah, he'll have a memorable image. Yeah, things like that. But but he, he doesn't. It's, he, it's the it's the sequential part. Yeah, the sequ- <laughs> he's, sequence. Down. He's not good at sequencing things. <laughs> Sam Raimi, I think, is quite good, especially Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two. The yeah. train. Tra- ben has made a compelling argument before for Amazing Mark Sp- Webb of Amazing Spider Man. Spider Man Two is pretty awesome at that. I mean, and visually, that guy is good. But I, I think the Marvel movies have this sort of assembly line way that they do things, and it's just fine. But I don't think there's anything particularly inspired about it. Mm-hmm. Marvel movies feel to me like the next logical step from like a Peter Jackson or a... You know, oddly, I want to say that that there are there are moments or scenes in like that Taika got that are a little bit that way in yeah. uh, Ragnarok. I've been thinking That's about true. that. The, the 
when he when Thor gets his lightning superpowers at the end. And, yeah, you've got that whole like mountain of people with the spear, oh, you yeah. know, like imagery out of yeah. the ancient gods or whatever type stuff. Some of that stuff. And also the Frank Frazetta works. style. What's the Valkyrie flying out of the air right. uh, when they're trying to take down? Yeah, yeah but, that, but that's not part of a consistent fabric of visual style. No, just no, like it's it goes just into like a different mode. Or... Yeah, when we get to the final third of that movie and to some of those, mm-hmm. you know, action scenes or the, the flashbacks or whatever, yeah, it's like a different mode. But 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 it does feel very comic booky in those moments. Agreed. That yeah. was really cool. Well, what I love about Snyder though is that it all feels of a piece. Lois Lane can be talking to Mrs. Kent. And they're just in a, an apartment. But for whatever reason, the apartment is really darkly lit. Like they forgot to turn on the lights <laughs> and it's really stylized. And, yeah. you know, it feels like a drawing. It's an abstraction. It's not what Amy Adams and Diane Lane would actually be experiencing if they sat down in a... Or the Martian Manhunter. Or the Martian Manhunter, yeah. Well, well, we speaking can, of things that are terrible. We can, yeah, speaking of things that are terrible. <laughs> make no sense. <laughs> Let's shoehorn something in. And kill the emotional resonance of the scene. But yeah, I actually was glad that it was, that scene felt so false and off to me that I was. Yeah, maybe they saved the emotional resonance of the scene or just said, we never had any. So I was like, what is this scene about? And why does it feel so fake and trying so hard? And then it was like, oh, this was an imposter. I guess I can feel better about it. It doesn't make any sense. I have no idea who this imposter is or what he has to do with anything here. But right. <laughs> at least I don't have to feel bad about how badly done this, <laughs> this scene was. <laughs> how, how ill-conceived it was. I guess it had a, a bigger purpose. I guess it did. I guess it did. <laughs> well, in any case, my larger point, though, is that everything's completely stylized. Everything feels like a comic book. And I think that's pretty special. I, I really just... I, it's a treat to live in this movie and personally i love movies that are directed by a director and it feels like it i actually like it when the director's sort of sitting next to you in your theater seat and nudging you in the ribs and saying hey i directed this isn't it cool like i like i think we all like that ben's famously has a soft spot for guy Ritchie, who's very much that way Mm -hmm. and i think you know uh I'm with Ben in that. I'll see anything Guy Ritchie does. Yeah. And I I think he's cool. I would say that in terms of like understanding tricks and how to use them to create a a visual thing that's one thing and not a bunch of little patches, Mm -hmm. Guy Ritchie is the only person I can think of in Zack Snyder's league. Yeah. Offhand, anyway. Yeah. There's other other cool visualists, but. Guy Ritchie's a good comic book filmmaker, actually. He's just never actually done a comic yeah. book i don't think his his king arthur would be the closest thing because you get like all these fantasy visuals integrated into a story he'll like oh now now we're just realistically talking with people mm-hmm. but it's still stylized now we're like in a crazy fantasy world and it's going to feel like all of that stuff matches yeah, i'm somehow. an apologist for that movie too i love it yeah, and i'm an apologist for an even less liked movie which is <laughs> sherlock holmes 2 a game of shadows i love i like the sherlock movies i i think the you first one's don't i do i, don't I think like the first yeah, one's pretty okay but the first, yeah, the i love okay. the second one i love it too i, I mean it's got some lame like what's his face stephen fry as mycroft stuff it's, it's got some stupid humor and stuff but yeah. the set pieces that when they're running away from the gatling gun in the forest yeah, and nothing like that the final fight with moriarty is awesome yeah. like it's there's all kinds of even the way that guy Ritchie will pull emotional resonance out of nothing because mm. he knows how to direct stuff <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't really care about telling a story with these characters exactly, but I'm going to imply enough visually to make you care. Right. For at least for a moment here and there. That's 
that's something. That's a trick. Well, so people should pull up the scene from the Joss Whedon, one of the ones that the, the Joss Whedon haters now like to make fun of, from his version of Justice League, that's what it's called, uh, where in broad daylight, Ben Affleck and Wonder Woman are walking along a path by a river, and they're just talking about, I think she's about to tell him the history of people standing against Thanos or whatever the bad guy's name is and all that yeah. stuff. It's when we're going to have those flashbacks, which is mm-hmm. a bunch of Snyder footage. But that's a pretty good scene to watch for a completely uninspired filmmaker just getting coverage with a camera. Like, there's nothing about the location or about the scene that's designed. You don't feel the architect of the scene. You just feel like somebody wrote some dialogue and they wanted to shoot it. And that's how a lot of these Marvel movies feel. That's that's, that's how the Taika Waititi scenes in between the action scenes feel. feel. Mm-hmm. That's there's there's nothing there's n- there's not a close up in a Zack Snyder sh- movie that doesn't feel like it was storyboarded like it was thought through like there was some visual thing that he mm-hmm. he wanted to do and so just as an example of craftsmanship and of uh, visual act it, it doesn't all work like I thought the I, I liked the Joker scene with Jared Leto but I thought the way that he shot that was stupid probably he was shooting around the fact that he didn't have the two actors together and (laughs) couldn't just actually shoot the scene the way that he would want to, Mm -hmm. but keeping Leto out of focus and there's things like that where he's making these big splashy directorial choices and they're bad. Mm -hmm. But But he's he's making choices and you feel it and you know that an artist is trying to do something here. Right. Well, and it's what I appreciate in life, right? I like people who take responsibility for things, <laughs> period. Like someone acted like this mattered and they made choices. You know, if I'm listening to podcast, if I'm going to work, if I'm talking to a police officer, you know, this is something that I have respect for. And I think people should have respect for. And Zack Snyder clearly is a man who knows what he wants and is wielding all of the power and money and everything that's at his disposal to get it. And you don't have to love him, but I think you have to have a certain amount of respect for a guy who has a vision and a guy who knows how to lead a giant group of people to, to get it. Hmm. And if you've watched the Batman versus Superman ultimate cut uh, thing, you know that which I just did his vision for that was interesting and coherent actually in the studio, cut it down and it wasn't as good. It actually didn't make any sense and was boring and stupid and lame. And there's things that are really bad about Zack Snyder's vision. And I I know we'll get into those as we go. But I do just want to start by saying I admire a man who actually looks like he wants to make a movie. You don't get the impression Mm -hmm. when you watch, for example, since he's the obvious whipping boy, a Joss Whedon film that the one thing that Josh Whedon just wants to do is make a movie. What you get the impression he wants to do is write a script. He likes his dialogue. And I, and I like dialogue too. I like, I like the things that Josh Whedon can do. Divorced from all the stuff that's come out of, about him recently. We don't have mm-hmm. to go there. But just as a type, you know, like Aaron Sorkin, he can write. It's obviously the writing that's the exciting part for him. He's not a visualist. He's not. Yeah, but, but there are some things that if you go back and in light of the modern russoification yes oh yeah if you go back there are there's actually a lot even visually to really appreciate about Whedon. in those Agreed. avengers he's always going to give you some really long 
takes. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. That move and are, you know, tracking all your heroes and, you know, the, the yeah. one scene where they're like, you were going to circle around them here and we're going to have one take fight scenes where everybody's got their thing that mm-hmm. they're doing and it moves from, like, there's a oh, lot yeah. of visual choreography there that is really pretty but at least by other Marvel standards, really sophisticated. Well, and I'll, I'll do you one better. And this is true of uh, Taika Waititi too. If, if, if your goal is comedy, which with Whedon it often is, you don't want to step on that too much. Yeah. Like Zack Snyder's universe is incapable of comedy. And one of the reasons is because Zack Snyder directs it to such an excellent degree that there's just no, <laughs> there's just no life in it ultimately. It is like a moving painting, and that's what I like about it. It's like a comic book come to life, but it it does become all pageantry. It does become, you know, the director's so busy nudging you (laughs) that he never actually gets out of the way and lets you just enjoy two people talking, actually. And so with Whedon, it's like, I don't know, you know, if Cap and Tony are just bantering and there's going to be a character moment or even an emotional moment, you might not necessarily want it to be any more directed, quote unquote, than it is. Yeah, well, if you're going to split the difference, then again, you go to Guy Ritchie, who does love his dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Like, has a ton of fun just watching characters ping, but it's still going to make it feel designed somehow. Yeah. He won't be so, he won't be so painterly all the time as uh, Snyder. Right. Like a moving painting, like you said. Well, what I like about Ritchie and Snyder is not that every filmmaker needs to do this. I enjoy Aaron Sorkin, who's doesn't care about filmmaking, but would rather just write plays probably. Uh, Started out as a playwright. I like those kinds of things. I like all kinds of movies that do all kinds of different things. But I do enjoy a movie where I stop halfway through and I think this would not work in any other medium. Like the script for Justice League sucks. And it's not because... (laughs) It's not because it's poorly written. It's because it's written to be turned into a Zack Snyder movie. Well, right. and, and it, maybe also. And it maybe <laughs> also. Poorly written. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, all, maybe it also sucks. But it would never work on the page because it's not intended. It's a blueprint for doing what Snyder does. Well, but again, all we're really saying, though, is we, we appreciate filmmakers who appreciate the craft of filmmaking. Right, but right? You, could, you could actually watch Avengers the play. It would actually... It actually play. It would actually no, play. No, I'm not making an argument against what you're saying. I'm just saying like there are certain there are certain directors that understand the elasticity of film and what you can do with it. And they want to push it to the limits and they, they want to show off. They, it's, you know, they, they, they want to be the Michael Jordan of like basketball. We're, we're not content to just get the, the basketball and the bat. I can't do a sports analogy. <laughs> I don't know sports, but we want to be flashy. We want yeah. to... Like we have this medium, you can do things with this medium that you can't do with anything else. And so we're going to f- explore all the things we can do here that we can't do anywhere else. Right. And Aaron Sorkin would always hold up as uh, as a play. Right. And actually in large degree, so would Whedon and... But 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 Guy Ritchie, no. Yeah. Zack Snyder, no. Brad Bird, no. Right. Stanley Kubrick, no, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, maybe, but only because but, people were so literate back then that you had to write a screenplay. Actually, he didn't care about the screenplay that much. You know, it's just, it's, it's fun. So that's, that's my first thing to say. That, that, that's, I guess I'm just uh, tagging on to you saying it was good. <laughs> <laughs> visuals, visuals. Visuals. That was the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are the really cool things? Well, okay. Here's one thing that, was interesting to me nothing in the marvel movies you know as they well 
we'll we'll take we'll take the big finale mm-hmm. with Thanos. Nothing in those to do with those villains, like a deep dark spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. It felt like a more important, more imposing villain. Yeah, Thanos was. We'd spent more time with him, and he was more of a yeah. fleshed out character. That's right, but it didn't feel like another kind of being with another kind of evil who was who was more like insidious. No, Thanos represents real people, right? Yeah. Like, Marv's yeah. point of view is yeah. there are people that hold it and are like, uh, Thanos has a point, guys. Yeah. And Marvel villains generally always have points. They're generally always wisecracking humans, just like the heroes are wisecracking humans. <laughs> Some right. of them are purple wisecracking humans or, right. you know. Or they're raccoons, but they're. When they do to do the evil guy, it's like, uh, what was that guy's name in the first Guardians? The, the blue guy. Oh. Yeah, it's just boring. Marvel just doesn't care about that kind of, they don't care about. Same with ice elves and. You know, the dark yeah, elves, Jake, the dark. dark the dark elves and the ice giants and the right. The whole conceit of Marvel is yeah. that we we are the heroes. What if what if heroes were us? And what if what if what if good guys were us? Uh, what if good guys? What if heroes and good guys? Sorry, folks. <laughs> I had a baby. Uh, my wife had a baby. Yeah. What what if we were all? What if we? It was all relatable. That's Marvel. DC is yeah. always. What if it was all beyond us and big and sort of Greek tragedy and. Mm-hmm. That goes for their heroes, which I'm sure we'll talk about. That also goes for their villains who are otherly, who are demonic, who are yeah. evil in a way that I don't think Marvel just even usually tries for. No, I, Darkseid is, was way creepier than anything I've seen in a Marvel movie. Creepy to the point of like, I don't know, effective. Yeah. <laughs> effective. Like, <clears throat> even even to the point of making me feel like, that's really dark. Like, the world is... Like, we have enemies like that. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, that's really evil. <laughs> like, you, you, are you a little too close to, like, reality, Zack Snyder? Not that Dark Snyder has very much to do, but you don't have to give him much to do. Well, what I love is that they play it straight. And I, and I love they, when Marvel yeah. subverts these things. But you know, if we were talking about the, for of all things, anti-life equation, yeah. Marvel would do so much work to make fun of it before we could, because right. there's nothing that's yeah. easier to make fun of so than stupid. the stupidity of the anti-life equation. But I really admire Zack Snyder and his team for just having <laughs> these moron bad guys talk about, we have found anti-life. <laughs> yeah. and, and without a hint of parody, without a hint of no. <laughs> anything. No one's making a joke. It's just like, oh, oh my goodness, they found anti-life. That's not good. That's like the opposite of life. life. <laughs> yes, that's what anti-life means. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Joe. Right? Mm. Well, yeah, and this whole movie. This is what they would joke. do. They would do that. They'd be yeah, like, they, they would, would make that exact joke. That's exactly what they would do. Uh, and because they know, right. they, no would, one... they would have somebody say anti-life. It's like, like against life. Yes, that's what anti-life means. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then people would quote it for years. And <laughs> yeah, I think right. it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't want to be a recency bias jerk who is mad at Marvel for doing all the things that I always liked about them. I love that they're subversive. I love that they're humorous. I love that they're relatable. It's always been fun about Marvel. And the second we get always what's gross about Zack Snyder is how humorless he is. Yeah. It's like, dude, although I will say in the good category, he has clearly listened to the audience who found Batman versus Superman too dark, who found man of steel too dark. This is Snyder's attempt 
to course correct. And it's still dark and it's still too violent and it's still too mean spirited and it's still still too humorless. But it actually is a lot more intentionally funny, even minus the Whedon stuff. Yeah. Than Batman versus Superman was. Yeah. Batman versus Superman was just mean spirited schlock we're gonna rip a toilet out of a stall as i always like to remind people (laughs) and bash it over superman's head because that's what the 11 year old boys really wanted to see (laughs) that's why we bought our ticket for this uplifting story everyone who bitterly resents superman (laughs) right yeah get him (laughs) superman sucks (laughs) why is he so awesome (laughs) yeah that was a downer of a movie even though it had some of the coolness that justice league has i mean justice league has the uh, flash who's a pretty effective humorous character even minus the weed and stuff yeah and it's got batman and alfred's relationship done pretty well with a hint of the wry irony that jeremy Jeremy irons Irons can always bring to Mm -hmm. jeremy irony so (sighs) that was good you've, you've got a couple of really good lines what's your superpower i'm rich (laughs) (laughs) pretty great yep that that feels like a tony stark line to me that's the only but they are pretty similar characters tony stark is just they just did a better batman before somebody nailed that version of batman yeah what else are you supposed to do i would put in the good category i'm sure we've talked about this before but i i love ben affleck's batman i think he's great i think he's great in the batman versus superman even the script gives him some dumb stuff to do and some mean stuff to do but yeah, he's great. I really like that take on Batman. He's great. And he's, at least in Justice League in particular, he's the most, one of the most vulnerable mm-hmm. of the Batman. He just, in other words, he brings the Bruce Wayne and the Batman together. I don't think anyone since Michael Keaton really tried to do that. Especially Michael Keaton and Batman Returns tried to do that and did it well. But well, Christian the- Bale, Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale, whose fault is it? Maybe both of them together. Well, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton's solution to the problem was I actually I'm just always Batman on the inside I'm a freak I'm a psycho I'm a, right. I'm, right. I'm an empty shell of a man who's just out for revenge on the world and I there's the famous scene in Batman Returns when you first meet Batman and they shine the light out in the sky and it reflects down into the mansion and Bruce Wayne is just sitting in the dark just waiting waiting so awesome. yes. <laughs> yeah. it's so cool <laughs> which, which I love it is cool but it is also a really sad psychotic take on the character actually <laughs> yes it is <laughs> and what I like about Ben Affleck's Batman. He's actually the Batman that I grew up with in the animated series. Who's a pretty he's good. Closest thing to it. Yeah. He's a pretty good Gotham patriarch, a pretty good city father who mm-hmm. has his act together. You know, he's getting revenge on the world. He's bringing all the dark Batman stuff, but it's an it's an integrated human being who's able to lead the Justice League and yeah, like, and also feels cool. like Ben said very vulnerable about it. Like he's very aware that he's the most fragile person there, but you know. He's going to throw in. He's going to assemble the team. The one thing he knows he brings is he he's smart. He sees it. He understands it. He's got to figure out how to... He's just going to take responsibility, even you know, and make it happen. Right. And he's going to throw in in battle, too, even though he might only be able to take out one or two pair of demons for every... Ten that Wonder Woman can take out. I don't mm. know. With his Batmobile shenanigans, he he took out like a couple hundred or something. And yeah, that was but great. you know, but, but Snyder rich. does wisely. <laughs> He's rich yeah. in, in the in the in the Whedon cut. I think it's like before, right before Superman shows up. It's like 
you know, Wonder Woman drops her sword and the flash is down. <laughs> and then like you see Batman and his gun jams or something like that. <laughs> so it's it's just like, oh no, Batman can't throw in either. Like they all fail right before Superman shows up. Okay. In this, it's like, once the actual fight against Thanos, I can't remember that guy's Steppenwolf. name, Dark Steppenwolf. Uh, starts, uh, Batman doesn't have anything to contribute. He's actually, he's, he's not a God person. He's, he's, he's just Batman. He can, he can be like watching their flanks and shooting some parademons. And he's, yeah. he's, he, his role is to keep the parademons from bringing down the flash. Right. So that's all that he's doing. Right, which is which is fine. It's fine, but you know he's he's not going to be one of the three people that get a final blow on <laughs> Darkside in that incredibly over the top on Steppenwolf. Uh, Steppenwolf, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> death scene. <laughs> which, which, by the way, I have to say about that, my <laughs> it effectively made you the movie effectively made you hate Steppenwolf throughout the movie so much that by the final scene when he is impaled. <laughs> And then punched <laughs> through a portal and then has his head hacked off. My wife was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, oh, I thought about afterwards. Like, oh, wow. I guess he, that's the, an achievement. The filmmaker did a <laughs> yeah. good job. I thought Steppenwolf, I mean, the talk about it. I really liked Steppenwolf. He was great. Oh, yeah. I, I, he, the, the, I really loved the detail in the in the CGI and oh his armor was yeah. the kind of glistening rainbow whatever yeah, it was and like yeah. he had really good good detail like his his skin had really good detail yeah. when you saw it it was just like yeah. wow this guy this guy is very stylized but he he lives really smoothly in this style and in this world in this reality mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no he was great and I liked his I thought they gave him just enough of uh it wasn't relatable but it was just like oh, okay this guy wants to get back in the good graces he's yeah it just makes you terrified of they do it in a way that makes you terrified of dark side it's like this is a scary guy and he is like he's the kind of guy that's like on the outs and is and terrified it's, it's him of, or you it's yeah. yeah he he doesn't have a choice he's yeah he's, he will bring your world down because he's toast otherwise yeah yeah it's an effective way to split the difference because you can't it makes him scary, but it also makes him defeatable. He's not ultimately right. dark side or anybody like yeah, that. And it, yeah. and it effectively raises the stakes with dark side. Like, you know, when you get to the, I'll do it myself moment, you mm. know, Thanos, it's like, <laughs> th- this isn't some weird purple guy out of nowhere that you didn't really understand. Like he really is looming over this entire thing. And yeah. it is scary that there's now nobody between the two of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, what else goes in the good category? Cyber, Cybertron's story was <laughs> definitely a lot better in this version. Yeah. I actually liked him. I actually liked the his dad stuff. It didn't like, I liked it too. It didn't make me cry or anything, but I thought it was a nice understated way to do a little father-son, dad sacrifices himself story. Yeah. It's the way that Zack Snyder can do emotion by sort of sidling up to it and not trying to do more with it than make it carry more weight. Like when Zack Snyder tries to just tell a love story or something like that, it's crap. But if he just, just kind of letting the story be on the side, it's just fine. Just fine. Aquaman's still kind of a a zero in my opinion, but I never did like old Aquaman all that much. I, they gave him a moment or two that was good. They give him a mood, really. That's, yeah. all, so that's mostly what Snyder can do with Aquaman in this movie. Yeah, he give him a visual mood. made a very effective beer commercial or something yeah, like that. that's right. Whiskey, I think. They give him like, I think there's like one one moment with him that, that lands. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. It's when they're talking about Cyborg having to carry the weight of everything. I, I really like Aquaman a lot. And what I like about him is that you don't like him. I like that, that Nathan doesn't like him specifically. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I, I think it's it's the exact opposite of what they did with Thor, mm-hmm. where they took out awesome bro Thor and made him into a slobby idiot mm-hmm. because they uh, thought it uh, thought they would pander to nerds who you know hate Jock Awesome Thor, and I love that they just lean into that like Jock bro. Aquaman and don't care what anybody thinks. Right. And pander to other people in the crowd. Yeah, well. I just like it when it feels like... I think that's a good argument, actually. I like it when it feels like they're not pandering to to the nerd crowd that hates jock bros. Right. Well, I, I don't think Zack Snyder particularly likes those people. Actually, Jack, Zack Snyder lo- looks and acts like a jock bro. He made a movie with Gerard Butler, who's the most jock bro <laughs> guy of... <laughs> like all time. And <laughs> I actually like Gerard Butler just fine, but you know, 300 is probably the ultimate jock bro movie with the ultimate jock bro actor directed by the ultimate jock bro yeah. director. And I just like after uh, years of Marvel pandering to nerds by pissing on jock bros, mm-hmm. I like that we got one in Aquaman and I don't, I don't especially like him. I just like the fact that he exists and and he's there and nerds who hate that sort of thing and would rather Marvel piss all over him have to have to deal. <laughs> I don't well, know. I just well, like, I just like, I don't know. It's just can, my inner contrarian or something. Here, here's what I like. And this is definitely my <laughs> inner contrarian, but I like beautiful Norwegian babes <laughs> singing as he goes into the water <laughs> And then the most beautiful and virginal of them all has his sweater and, smells and it. she brings it up and she smells it. Yeah. And then she smiles as they sing the song to the God of the seas. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. And I, I can't even tell whether I love it ironically or not. I just know it excites me to even remember. I, w- I would love to like pull that scene up and watch it right now. Like <laughs> I like when he walks it in slow motion. Like, I don't know if he's drinking a beer or something, but there's some hipster song and he's just walking into the sea and it's in like super slow motion and the waves are here. Here's okay. Here's my big take about this. This is a good place for my big take. Zack Snyder would be an awesome director for Homer's the Odyssey. Zack Snyder gets that kind of virtue and homeschoolers don't. They read the Odyssey and they think it's about actual virtue virtue, but it's not it's about pride it's about conquering your enemy it's about taking vengeance on the people that were trying to conquering women and it's about conquering women and zach snyder he is he was born he is the best filmmaker we've ever had in the history of the medium and i'm saying this with no hyperbole or exaggeration he should direct homer movies or or greek he he actually gets it Here, here what, what, what I think the Greeks are, when you read those, what's compelling about reading those stories is that you have the... What about ma- Neil Gaiman? He could write the script, maybe. But no, okay. no, no. Neil Gaiman couldn't do it. He's too much of a nerd. He's too meta. Okay. Zack Snyder's mm-hmm. not meta. Zack Snyder just does it. He, he just wants to tell these... these d- d- Neil Gaiman would be like, we all feel bad because Beowulf acted this way. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to find a counterpoint. I think, I think you 
are probably right. Gaiman wrote the Beowulf script, and in that Beowulf script, oh, I never saw uh, that. Beowulf sleeps with yeah. Grendel's mother, and that's how the dragon's born. And so it's all oh, this right. Freudian guilt complex and everything, right. which isn't just doing Beowulf. Snyder would just be like, he's Beowulf. He has muscles. He kills three monsters. And then he dies. It's awesome. <laughs> and that's, that's right. actually You're how right. the poem he, is. That's what he would do. It's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. That's exactly right. And one of the monsters is a hot woman. And that would be Snyder's take on the... And there's other hot women in the background. <laughs> they all want to sleep with Beowulf. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> but he's too busy killing monsters. <laughs> right. And that's basically the poem. And if you read Homer, that's basically, that's the story of Odysseus. That's, that's who he is. There's no greater virtue. Odysseus disguises himself. He goes places. People are like, I don't think you're that cool. And then he's like, I am that cool. <laughs> now <I> die. <laughs> now die. <laughs> that's what I, I think when you read the Greeks, it's the male instinct to kill and to conquer and to seduce, to sleep with, untethered to judeo-christian morality that's what makes those stories compelling and that's exactly what snyder's worldview is worldview is that's what he really enjoys rubbing our nose in if diana existed in the form that the comic books have described then she would be better than us if she stopped a bank robbery heads would smash into the ground blood would be spilt and it wouldn't matter she gets to do that because she's diana she's better than you she is a god who walks among us, like Odysseus, like Hercules. She's just Athena. She's just Athena. You know, exactly, exactly. When Athena shows up, you don't know what's going to happen. It, it's going to be, ar- you know, it's going to be arbitrary. You know, it could be awesome. You know, it could be cruel. But actually, it'll probably be a combination of, of all of those things. It'll be arbitrary. It'll be awesome. And it'll be cruel all at once. And anytime a superhero shows up in Snyder, a quote unquote superhero, that's basically the combination you're going to get. And he's not asking us to sit in judgment on that. No. He's, he's just asking us to enjoy that, to celebrate that, to say these people are better than us and they get to do what what they want. Well, and it's sort of like, and from the perspective of, of the gods, how cruel is it? Right. How cruel is it when you go outside and step on an ant? Right. Especially if the ant was robbing a bank. Right. Great. They're They're working for a side that we recognize as our side kind of, mm-hmm. but it sort of feels somewhat arbitrary at the end of the day. Superman could have landed in Russia and be working for the Russians. Snyder wouldn't do that because it's not commercial. It's not, and he's not interested in asking those kinds of questions. He's just interested in presenting these, these godlike figures. And that's how 300 was. And that's how, that's how all these, movies are and i think that that's the good and the bad of of Zack snyder yeah well that that's that's what should make us the most uncomfortable with justice right. league and it is uncomfortable and it is bad but if you're not uncomfortable with and and i really am saying this without any joke if you're not uncomfortable when you read the odyssey in the same way then i don't think you've ever read the odyssey mm-hmm. i don't think you've ever actually read what's mm-hmm. there like Odysseus is the kind of person who considers the lives of his men to be very expendable yep. as he goes about his great mission hmm. that he's been fated by the gods to do and that he has the gods arbitrarily deciding to help him out 
on. He doesn't mind cheating on his wife. He doesn't mind making his wife suffer. He doesn't mind taking revenge. He doesn't mind doing all these things. And we are supposed to celebrate him precisely, not, not because his goals are all that great, but because his ability to achieve those goals hmm. is the best that the world's extraordinary ever known. It's yeah. extraordinary. And I think when Christian, when Christianity sweeps through the Western world, what it starts to do is take those kinds of heroes who are great at accomplishing their goals, and that's why they're great, and tether them to... In service of God and others. In service of God and others. So Robin Hood is great at shooting his arrows, but that's not really what the story's about. The story's about he's great at shooting his arrows to win Maid Marian and to support King Richard. Mm-hmm. We've, we've right. tethered the manly attributes to a worthwhile goal, but mm-hmm. the Greeks didn't have God. And, and we've also introduced the idea that because we're connected to, well, we've introduced the idea that that sacrifice, self-sacrifice is, is a noble means to attain those greater goals. Right. Where that's just Homer, Homer, Homer no, no, no. Well, no, it, it, well, unless you're talking about personal glory, right? Death, then, yeah, death for glory. Yourself. Yeah, it's a, it's okay to die for glory yeah. for personal glory, but that's it. That is the only virtue. That's the only virtuous way to die is for personal glory. Otherwise, you die like a woman, and that's oh. the uh, and like a woman is what Homer would say, what Achilles would say. Mm, right, right. Like those are the kinds of insults that the characters. That's yeah. That's not me. Right. <laughs> that's. Those are the insults. Mm-hmm. That's what they would say. Because otherwise, you don't, you're not in control. And it's not to your end, which is your own personal glory. The only way to die a virtuous death is to die for the sake of your own personal glory. It's the only way to take it in hand. And well, I, not die passively. Mm-hmm. And I think Zack Snyder's just a little bit ahead of the curve. Like, I think our society is working pretty hard to untether the killer instinct from anything noble just think about that i brought up robin hood you guys saw the trailers for that stupid robin hood movie with jamie fox and joel edgerton joel edgerton Mm -hmm. and all that yeah that movie the the trailers were sold on no no, it wasn't it was it's the guy from king arthur no no no, No, it's it's taron taron it's the guy from kingsman this guy from kingsman taron edgerton yeah yeah. something like yeah i just substituted joel for Joel edgerton is an awesome actor but yeah joel edgerton's from warrior and all that kind of stuff uh those movies were not so much about the the way that they sold that movie wasn't he's going to defend the king and win Maid Marian. It was and protect the poor. It was he's really good at shooting arrows. He's really great. He's he's cool. He has these he has this killer instinct that's better than everybody else. And I think that's the that's the direction that movies and culture, you know, we're we're getting back to that kind of pagan reality as we abandon Judeo-Christian morality. I think Snyder's just he's just more upfront about it. And more charming about it, actually. I'm not. I'm not really trying to defend him, but it also probably seems like I'm maybe not attacking him as much as I should. It's bad. It's bad, but he's good at it, and he's honest about it. And I'll take him, I think, over somebody like James Gunn or James, so, James, James Gunn is more like, man, I like perversity and violence, and it's fun stuff. Yes, here, come with me. <laughs> Let's have a laugh. And and Warner Brothers has given him the keys. Yeah, with that yeah. Suicide Squad, which looks like it's going to be quite perverse. I, it's going to be. I regret watching really, that trailer. Actually, that's how perverse I would say it is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was bad. Yep. Yeah. That's well. Bad. Yeah. And and what what 
James I Gunn. I didn't realize that it was an R-rated trailer that wasn't safe, suitable I, for audio. I'm glad I didn't watch it with my kids. I just watched it by myself. Didn't it have the little red band at, at the beginning? It, yeah, it, I just wasn't it, paying attention it, 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 at the I beginning. Knew, I knew it was that, and I watched it anyway. And then I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> that was a silly thing to do. It's Quentin Tarantino, but more funny and... And with a visual style. And, yeah. Like... It's going to be like, he's found his happy place. Mm-hmm. In, in this w- comic book world of magical realism where he gets to do whatever he wants. Well, what is it? So, yeah, he is he is more perverse than Zack Snyder. He's also just always wrapping it in irony. It's like he's lying about it. Zack Snyder is just doing it. Zack Snyder really does just believe in Homer's odyssey and, and just want to tell those kinds of stories. I don't think that that's what James Gunn... I actually don't think there's a lot of people out there that are doing exactly what... Zack Snyder's doing. I'm not sure quite how to. Michael Bay. That's but clunkier. Michael Bay actually feels like he has in his worst movies, which I saw, for example, I regret seeing it, but when I was a kid I, or when I was a teenager, I saw Bad Boys 2 and things like that, or, or the, even The Rock. Michael Bay feels like he has actually more bloodlust than Snyder. What I don't get from Snyder is. I want to rub your nose and how bloody it is. The blood is ultimately the point. Now I'm not saying Snyder's not over the line in terms of violence because he is. I'm just saying, I think Snyder has something else in mind. I think he just wants to show, I think Snyder really is interested in like, if Diana punches someone, they leave a blood stain on the wall. That's just the way it would actually work. It feels definitely, at least in justice league, all of the over-the-top violence does feel inevitable in a way that mm-hmm. it doesn't in lots of other movies. Well, even in a bad movie like Batman versus Superman, when Batman bursts through the ceiling and fights all those guys in the warehouse, you f- I just feel like it's, Zach's- it's not Zack Snyder saying, I want to make the most violent Batman. It's him saying, if there was a Batman, yeah. this is what it would look like. This is how you take on a warehouse full, full of guys. Full this of is two, two dozen guys. This is what happens to them. These are the you, you. These are the things from your utility belt that the, that you use, and this is what happened. And so, I'm not saying that that's good or ennobling, or <laughs> I'm not trying to mount a defense for that. I am saying it's different than. It's more honest. Yeah, that's what you're really arguing. Yeah, I think I, I think it actually is. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it it is whatever kicks Zack Snyder gets out of it. James Gunn, <clears throat> James Gunn is different. He like he does just like the perversity. It's like he wants that place of perversity and irony, and he wants you to enjoy it. If he, he can show people being ripped apart by a shark villain mm-hmm. and make you like it, make you think it's funny, right? then he'll do it. It's just, it reminds me of the same thing, <clears throat> like Boondock Saints or something. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's adolescent which, kind which of. I hate that movie. I do too. And, and James Gunn is way more sophisticated than that guy. But right. Boondock Saints is all about like, we're going to, kill people and we're going to have jokes about gay sex and we're going to we're going to have we're going to do this violent stuff in slow motion and you're going to think it's funny and you're going to quote it and you're going to show your friends Mm -hmm. and everyone's going to watch it that's what that movie is but james gunn is just that but he's way better at it right james gunn knows that it's evil for a shark hero to eat a hapless enemy soldier but he thinks it's cool to rub your nose in the perversity of it and laugh about it. If Zack Snyder did it, it would be like, 
if there's a shark hero, then he eats people. That's just the way it would be. Come on, folks. <laughs> you wanted a shark hero. Did you not consider? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I actually think that that's true, and I actually admire Zack Snyder. You know, if, if we're allowed to talk about these things on a continuum, right, if we're allowed to make distinctions between one kind of bad and a worse kind of bad, yeah. then I think Zack Snyder's actually much more admirable than someone like James Gunn, who's perverse, or even someone like Michael Bay, who just seems to be getting adolescent kicks out of having the camera swoop through a woman's skirt or having just grotesque, stupid, violent things mm-hmm. happen because it's fun to watch movies about grotesque stupid violent things there in the best jock bro way seems like a, a sincere <laughs> person and in you know i'm i'm as ironic as they come but in an age of irony and of ironic superheroes and of people like james gunn who couch their perversity in irony so that they can get away with it and make it palatable it's nice that Zack snyder is just a sincere believer in odysseus yeah, yeah, he's he basically he is actually that is one thing I was struck by when I watched uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. Mm-hmm. I wish there were another <laughs> phrase to add to that, but I don't have I don't think there is. Is it he was sincerely asking, and he wasn't doing a good job. He was <laughs> sincerely asking like moral questions, like Superman, your actions caused because you saved the world in the way you did. A lot of innocent people died. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are you going to do? You're you're either going to stop saving the world or you're just going to realize you can't have clean hands. What's it going to be? And Zack Snyder actually is going to ask that question and expect that you would take it seriously, that he would have a Superman who would would have to think about that. Well, and what I sort of really admire about Zack Snyder is he answers it. The answer is, yes, it's worth having that Superman. It's worth actually. Somebody like Nolan wants to kind of have his cake and say, was it ever really worth it? Or did, 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 did Batman actually just make things worse? Like, uh-huh. that's the question that's intriguing about those Batman movies. Zack Snyder's like, no, he's Batman. Of course he didn't make things worse. Now, did he bash in a lot of heads? Did people die? Did the Joker happen? Be- yeah, but he's still Batman. Come on, guys. We we, we like Batman, don't we? Like, he's, he's Batman. Well, it, what, what it actually reminded me of is... It's the whole question of, are you going to take responsibility as mm-hmm. a man? Because as soon as you do, like our pastor, Tim Bailey in Bloomington says, you add your sin to the mix. Mm-hmm. You're going to take responsibility for things. You're going to deal with other people's sin. Well, you're going to become guiltier than if you hadn't <laughs> in certain ways. But the one thing you won't be guilty of is abdication because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to take responsibility. There's this book I read, a fantasy book about a knight. It's very like allegorical, symbolical. It's not called the night. It's called the book of nights or something. And the guy comes face to face with the question of, well, I tried to be a good knight and I did all these things that caused a lot of extra problems. Mm -hmm. And then I had to clean them up. And the book asked the question like, well, was that worth it? And the answer is, of course it was worth it. (laughs) Like you're a knight. You took responsibility. You created problems, but then you also took responsibility for the problems you created. Right. And that's part of being a man, basically, because that's all the book is about being a man right. that's all and there is a valid there's that's a uh, there's a lot of pagan thinking in that exact way of approaching it but there is christian truth yeah. in there and i think Zack snyder is the old school pagan <laughs> version of that like 
if you want to say there's something good about the hero Odysseus, then Zack Snyder sort of captures that. <laughs> it, it just occurred to me that we should have a Sanityville character. Maybe he's a filmmaker named Snack Cider. <laughs> Snack Cider. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'd watch him. Or I'd watch his movies. <laughs> Jake shaking his head. Did you guys see that stupid Brad Pitt Troy movie? Yeah, I think <laughs> no. I have. I think, yeah, it was, it was such a total... You have not seen the whole thing. It was a waste of time. One of the reasons it was a waste of time is because the movie doesn't really believe in Achilles. It's like, Achilles is awesome, but he's also violent and petulant. He only and... really believes in... Hector? Hector. Right. And what Zack Snyder would do is make things just as gritty, make them just as problematic, and then say, yeah, of course we believe in Achilles. He's Achilles. And we believe in Hector. <laughs> Go at it, boys. That's why this story's great. That's why people remember it 4,000 years down the road or 3,000 or whatever it is because we've got these two guys. Mm-hmm. We've got a rock versus a immovable whatchama, <laughs> whatever the saying is. <laughs> <laughs> an unstoppable force versus an immovable object. <laughs> yeah, <something>. yeah. <laughs> Pick your, make your, make your bets. We're not here to cry about it. Come on. I don't know. I'm talking myself into maybe more admiration for Zack Snyder than he actually deserves. Yeah, I think maybe you are, but it is true. Let me be clear. He's perverse, but I don't know. And his movies aren't worth watching. Nope. But if you're going to watch one, then I would say Justice League is probably the best and has the least. It's the best I've seen. Best. uh, Yeah. I've seen most of them, uh, truth be told. And yeah, this one's, I, I do not recommend his his watchman haven't seen it it's just way over the top with the violence uh which comes from the comic book but still Ugh, yeah i do not recommend 300 it is just a jock bro piece of crap and there's know. there's the zombie movie yeah i've seen, seen it don't recommend it. if any of our listeners were there's, thinking about watching dawn of the dead then there's don't sucker punch <laughs> if any of our listeners were thinking about watching sucker punch did you see the cover of the dvd don't yeah, I've seen I've I've seen Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and this. I think that's all that I've seen. I but think this that's is, all I've seen. Yeah, I can't think of anything. What else is there, Nathan? What other movies are there? Uh, there's the Legend of the Gahul, oh, the Owls right. of Guardians City. I actually or... might be willing to see that now. It's a kids movie. I bet it admires the same kinds of things, and I bet it does. It has the same kinds of storytelling flaws and lack of mm-hmm. humor. It is interesting that a lot of the right people don't like Zack Snyder. Like a lot of perverse, liberal idiots. Now, it's not like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <clears throat> that's, that's actually a bad construct. But mm-hmm. I will say he makes a lot of the, the right enemies, actually. It's also true he attracts a lot of the most obnoxious internet trolls and most demanding and mm-hmm. annoying fans. And he plays to them. In a pretty childish way, which is what the whole last half an hour of this this movie is. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I, I wanted to see Justice League Part 2 about as much as anyone. Yep. But man, he took the studio's money and then gave a big middle finger to Warner Brothers and said, I really don't care what you're planning <laughs> in my absence. I'm going to make all the fans uh-huh. annoy you. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to set up and reference every possible thing I can. 
I'm going to validate my bratty children and then I'm going to drop them at your house and <laughs> tell you to <laughs> babysit them, Warner Brothers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really all he, he did. Oh, <laughs> you could good. feed them some candy. <laughs> and I, I happen to own the candy corporation. <laughs> but there was an April Fool's article, which is what it had to be. It's still up. You can find it mm-hmm. saying Warner Brothers agrees to green light Justice League 2 and 3 based on... <laughs> How popular the Snyder Cut was. Anyway, fake news. Fake news. Fake news. I uh, seeing Master Manhunter was cool, and you had that Joker scene, which was uh, pretty cool, I thought. We live in a society. He didn't actually say it in the movie, though. He just I said know. it in the trailer, which I is know. another cynical move on Snyder's part. Yep. I like... I actually like Jared Leto's Joker. I didn't I like... Too. I thought Zack Snyder's writing was kind of stupid, you know. I, that's one promise I plan on keeping Joker <laughs> all that kind of stuff <laughs> it's pretty stupid but you know again when Odysseus and his men defeat the suitors and then they take all the servant women that have been sleeping with the suitors out and they cut their throats and everything you know that's that's the kind of hero that Snyder believes in so he, he writes dialogue for uh, Batman where he's like right, before she died Harley Quinn said kill you slow yeah. that's one promise i plan on keeping <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really gross it's so stupid <laughs> it's so grim dark as it, I, the internet likes to say grim dark and it is dumb but i liked i liked jared leto because uh, i hate jared leto he's one of the most pretentious jerks he's so gross he's just the worst but and i've never liked him in a movie but i liked him here because he underplayed which i thought was so smart like We've seen so many over-the-top jokers, but he actually talked in a normal person voice. And he did like a funny laugh, and sometimes he would go into this kind of thing. But mostly he just used his regular voice. And after that, walking Phoenix, hot garbage, and 20 years of Heath Ledger memes, it was kind of nice to see the Joker underplayed a little bit. And that stupid Suicide Squad movie, the less said about that, mm. the better. Yeah, well, you felt like... In contrast to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, this is the smart. Yes, it's the smart. Ver- the smart, not. It's just the smart version, or it's the smart Joker. Right. It's the Joker that you don't know what's going on. Actually, he's hiding. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on in there, and but you know it's scary, and you know that it's like what we talked about. Did we ever talk about that movie? About what? The Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I think we probably did, but. I don't think we didn't do an we, episode. We, we did a Sound of Sanity episode. We hated the movie so much we didn't want to encourage anyone to go see it, even to ta- even to be part of the conversation. Yeah. So it, anyhow, I don't think we did an episode, but there's there's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. He's scary because he just might kill you. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you put the two of us in a warehouse together or something like that, I feel like I have a good chance of walking out alive. Right. But Jared Leto's Joker. You don't know what he's thinking. You don't know what he's thinking. You don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, that's he's right. he's smarter than you, and he's gonna you're gonna you're gonna die, and it's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be a horrible death. Which and is he's gonna laugh. Which is what makes the Joker. And you're not gonna good. see it coming. And there's just nothing you can like the the. He taps into that sense of psycho horror mm. that the that the Joker as a character at his best taps into. It's what makes the the Ledger performance so legendary and wonderful. It's that. For all the shtick, and this is what people doing these kinds of performances never understand, for all the shtick, for all the flamboyant stuff that he has to do, for all the war paint and everything, 
he's playing an intelligent man underneath that who's doing shtick. Like, Mm -hmm. you know that Ledger's Joker is thinking about this and you don't really know what he's like when the makeup comes off, when he's just sitting at home drinking his coffee. And that's the point. And that's, that's the point. But you see intelligence in his eyes and you see purpose and you see, uh, even though he likes to give speeches about how he doesn't have a plan, you see that he has a plan. He has a plan. You just don't know what it is. He's a psycho genius and his whole part of the plan is for you to, he's just a, he's a, he's a good magician. He's a prestidigitator. He's out there and he is keeping your eye off the ball. He's making you, he's misdirecting you. He's making you look at one hand while he's doing something with the other constantly. And you don't, you just don't know where to look. It's actually the opposite of the performance I don't like, which is uh, from an actor that I usually do, which is Jesse Eisenberg. And as, as Luthor, I feel like Mm -hmm. he just plays psychotic little boy and you don't actually sense a lot of intelligence or a coiled serpent beneath all of it waiting to strike. You just, in the worst moments of that performance, there are some moments that work, but mm-hmm. in the worst moments, he's just he's just playing petulant, insane Elon Musk or Something Steve Jobs like that, or yeah. whoever they thought. It's like, it's sort of, it, it, it's sort of, there are other characters like this too. You could say that Jack Sparrow is kind of like this, mm-hmm. right? He plays this swaggering, half-drunk gay pirate, but he's he's always got a plan. Right. There's always something, there's always an angle he's working. He's just trying to distract you from it. Well, one of the problems with that franchise as it went on is I think that the filmmakers and the writers lost track of how on top of it Jack Sparrow was actually supposed to be. Yeah. In the original, which isn't, I don't think, a movie that holds up all that well. No. But in the original, you understand that Jack Sparrow is always pretty much on top of things no matter how much. He's always ahead of the game. Right. He's ahead of everybody. He's got a plan. He's working a plan. He's keeping it close to his chest. And he's just playing insane so that you sort of go along. And he'll still do slapstick, but in the original, he's Bugs Bunny. In the sequels, he becomes more Daffy Duck. Exactly. Things are just happening that are outside of his control. And sometimes he'll turn into Bugs Bunny. Like at the end, it'll turn out he had a plan, but you didn't really feel like he, I don't know. (laughs) When 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 the Patreon gets us to $10,000. We'll do our deep dive into all <laughs> into Bugs Bunny, <laughs> yeah, into all, all six hundred of those Looney Tunes <laughs> right. before we ever do. <laughs> it's dude, that sounds exactly <laughs> like the right order. <laughs> oh man, no, sorry I brought that up, but yeah, uh, no, it's, in it's, terms of it's like, a good comparison point, I think. Yeah. Well, just to point out that that's a type. Yeah. Yeah. That you do see that the prankster, and it's, it's like Loki's not a good example of it, actually. No. I'm going to assume we're almost done and I can edit that out. Yeah. Folks, air conditioning just turned on. So if you hear it, then that's what you hear. Uh, I just had a baby. You can put up with a little air conditioning. Yeah. No, I love that type. But Loki's a different thing. What is Loki then? I think it changes from movie to movie depending yeah, on what the filmmaker is in love with. It's about. annoying because Marvel's. I think Loki at his best could be that sort of thing. I think he sort of was in the first Avengers movie, which is one of the more effective Loki performances Mm -hmm. when he's allowed to just be a villain. But then he sort of became sweet and misunderstood. And what happened was he knocked it out of the park in Thor Dark World, actually. Yeah. Which was a good version of sweet Loki. But then they had to play to that, and he just kind of got defanged. And Mm -hmm. I actually like him in in Thor Ragnarok just because it's a fun movie, but it's not... It's not a consistent no. Loki. 
Yeah. Anyway, we'll see what they do with this Owen Wilson thing on Disney Plus. Looks kind of fun, I guess. It does. Yeah. It's more interesting than Hawkeye. Or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Hawkeye. I watched two episodes of and quit. Boy, that's you know. My, that's my water watermark. Your watermark is Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye, the if, Hawkeye trailer. If things can just get to that, that <laughs> level, that's, that's then Ben's right. like, I'm content. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I haven't even watched the episodes. I watched the action scenes from the first two episodes. Kind of fun. Uh, my wife had it on and I was kind of in and out of the room. And uh, those guys, those guys just actually don't have enough chemistry to carry a show. It's a miscalculation. That's that's my hot take on that show. It's just, it, it, it not only does it not work, but it never could have. Those guys are just the wrong guys for it. Hmm. Um, sorry, guys. I, I don't mind either one of you as an actor, although Sebastian Stan's never really impressed me all that much. Uh, guys, is there anything else? I don't think we have to go through this Snyder cut scene by scene or anything. I mean, it's all hmm. kind of one big <laughs> thing. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to draw people's attention to did the aspect ratio the old-timey aspect ratio bother you at all didn't mind it at all i was a little annoyed by it at first but i forgot about it after a while i guess fun i go ahead explain yourself oh i I just think i just think it's fun because it's different i think snyder's a pretentious jerk for doing it like it's it's i think it's just a budget saving move that he pretended was a thing but what's mm. what budget are they saving i still have to do finish all the special effects and stuff. Yeah, but they have less screen to. They have less. That could be. I, I don't know how much hmm. not generating that extra bit of field or warriors in this. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that saves you thirty million dollars. Maybe that saves you ten million or ten bucks. I, I I just don't know. I don't either. It's an interesting theory, though. I just can't imagine artistically why you wouldn't do sixteen eight. I actually, I think Snyder is such a sincere guy, also a guy with his head somewhat stuck, you know, where that I just think he was doing it that way. He was editing in that, that way for IMAX. And then he was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to do this. That's what he said. And it'll be another thing that'll confuse Warner Brothers and <laughs> <laughs> that like the people that aren't true Snyder fans will be like, we don't like that but my fans will like it because I did it. (laughs) 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 I'm prom king, (laughs) y'all. I just just think that's Snyder. (laughs) He wouldn't direct a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but he belongs in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. (laughs) He he could be Yondu or something. That's exactly. That's that's what I imagined. I imagined Yondu when you said, I'm prom king, (laughs) y'all. I'm prom king, y'all. I I don't know. It, it, I just I've just I've thought a few times whenever I Google his name, like his daughter's picture came up who mm-hmm. committed suicide. Yeah, Autumn, and I feel sad. And but then I'm like, it is ironic that the king of like man, the gods are awesome, and you got to be your own master, and you gotta <clears throat> like that's his family. Yeah, like he can't you manage gotta, it. You can't do this. Family. Yeah, and here he is making films about gods and men. Yep, which is. Uh, but when you put it that way, a very uh, masturbatory thing for him to do. And mm-hmm. yes, that's true. It is sad. I, I've avoided learning too much about that just because yeah. I don't know when things like that happen and it's not someone who's really important, like a politician that I might have to vote for or something. I'm just kind of like, you know what? 
why don't I give Zack Snyder his privacy? Like, I, uh, I'm, I'm not yeah. blaming you for anything. I'm just saying that's kind of my instinct with stuff like that. Like, I don't really want to know what happened to Zack Snyder's family. It's not my business. And it's stupid that the, it, it, maybe it's not even fair for me to bring it up. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it probably yeah. is. I think you're, I think your point is a good one. Uh, it's what we do on the booking with all of our authors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's too bad that the tabloids and variety magazine and these kinds of places are, have to publish these things. But insofar as we can't help knowing about them, I think they're worth commenting on. I'm just looking through my notes. Jake was so Cybertron's football game. Realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some people say that Zack Snyder doesn't understand football or something like that, because apparently the, if you look at the goal thing behind, it's like, whatever's happening on that football field wouldn't be. Uh, and that is a great question. <laughs> I just want to say cyborgs. Football game's not that realistic. No, it, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> I like that scene. I like in, <laughs> he looks in slow motion to his mom and then the camera pans. And his dad's seat is empty. <laughs> Zack Snyder's not ashamed to just do that. To, no. to do something that would appear in like cheaper by the dozen two or something <laughs> like that. Like Steve Martin didn't make it to the big game. He was too busy. <sighs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think that's all the notes that I really have. My only, I guess my only other note is Patty Jenkins stinks at making Wonder Woman a credible action hero. And Zack Snyder's really, really, really good at that. <laughs> yep. True. So, thanks, Patty Jenkins, for not doing a good job shipping women warriors. Yeah. Good job, Patty Jenkins. (laughs) You exposed how ridiculous it is for this twig-like Israeli model to pretend to be a warrior. (laughs) Zack Snyder just makes her zip around really fast, and you don't think about it too much. All right. Well, Ben, final thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League. How many Cybertrons out of 10 would you give this? How many mother boxes? Yes, how many mother boxes out of 10 do you give this? I don't know. That's a hard question. On the one hand, it's really cool and really fun. And on the other hand, it's really perverse and really stupid. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just really hard to know how to rate. I enjoyed it a lot. Do I want to go back to it? Probably not. I, I don't know. Since since people are what paying us to, to make a judgment, since, okay. why don't right, why, here? I'll I'll make one. Fine. Let me let me try. You guys can sure. perfect this if it's bad. If you're the sort of person that would like to watch this, and you think that you can watch it with some discernment, and you don't have an appetite for what's perverse in it, then I'd say it's worth watching once <laughs> because it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I stand behind that endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> 10 out of 10 mother boxes. That's, that's right. <laughs> if you're not that person, then don't. <laughs> sounds like sounds like you might have found the anti-Snyder Cut Justice League equation. Nathan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's here in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man (laughs) oh oh, one other thing I may have said this last time but some of the needle drops in this movie are so gloriously stupid where the lyrics for these hipster songs that they find are just telling you exactly 
especially the one where Amy Adams is standing by Superman's grave and the singer on the soundtrack is like, we thought our gods would protect us, but now they're dead <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Snyder is not... <laughs> You're right. He is super literal. He's, he's, like, he's not. Yeah, he's not much for subtext. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I kind of enjoy it, though. I must admit. <laughs> you know, we always say a story is better when they give you two plus two and let the audience make four. But what if what if when they give you one plus one? <laughs> <laughs> and then they tell you it makes it probably makes two and you should keep watching yeah no i don't know is that even the metaphor i think snyder's like i don't know what it would be what's the so a really good sophisticated story is two plus two equals it's two plus two let the audience make four a bad story is hey guys two plus two equals four what's snyder I guess he's just four. One is one. One, 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 one. It's one. <laughs> there you go. I think that sums it up pretty, pretty nicely. Uh, okay. Well, sanity at the movies. Hey, guys, we got to shout out our patrons or uh, give give our, what do we call it on this show? We We need to assign a... Patron choice award of awesomeness to our good friend Seth. Seth, you are our good friend. Yes. Half man, half machine. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Seth, you're more man than machine. Even <laughs> though you have awesome machine like capabilities that it, it, Yeah. And therefore you're not twisted and evil. No, you're untwisted and good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're more man than machine. <laughs> Yep. And You're more you, man than machine. If you had to face down the three evil spirits of the three mother boxes, like Cybertron, <laughs> you would totally, you totally win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. <laughs> hey, folks, if you want to be shouted out in, 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 in an awesome manner, such as this. <laughs> such as Seth. I'll tell you what you do. You go to patreon.com forward slash sanity at the movies. You drop us the right amount of money. I forget what it is. Probably 10 bucks for a shout out. That's my guess. Five bucks will get you a lot of content. This is, we've got a few Patreons associated with Warhorn Media. This is one of our best. You get complete series reviews of WandaVision, of The Mandalorian. You get me and Jake talking about Clone Wars and Maybe you're not excited about any of those shows, but I don't know. I think we have some of our best discussions when we're just casually discussing those things. Uh, Always lots of interesting associations with sex and religion and culture and all the stuff that we love to talk about. So if you like hearing us gab about these kinds of things, I highly encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash sanity at the movies, sign up. For the price of a cup of coffee, you could have hours, hours of infotainment. You can hear us read the rejected Star Wars script. Yeah. For crying Colin out Trevorrow. loud. Oh, that was really cool. Yeah. Back there. That was a lot of fun. And that's <laughs> Give him a preview of your Princess Leia voice again. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the famous line that Leia says? <laughs> it's what we do that defines us. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a Batman line. But... It's a little bit more Harvey Fierstein, I think. Yeah. No. Um... <laughs> I'm just trying to think of one thing that Princess Leia says. And 
Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So the greatest and most accurate impression of, uh, what's her face? <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sadly, isn't as much of a joke <laughs> as it should have been if she'd lived her life a little bit differently. But she came from a messed up background, so, you know. Some genius did a Lando Calrissian that genius may or may not get sued for <laughs> <laughs> racial discrimination. <laughs> so yeah, somebody, somebody did a Lando. If you don't, if, if, we're not going to tell you who it was. <laughs> if you don't, if you've not read that script, I, I encourage you to listen to us read that script. There's a scene where they're fighting the Knights of Ren and Chewie managed, I don't remember how, what the mechanics of this are, but he launches one of them into space and then uses his blaster to shoot them like he's shooting a clay pigeon. A clay clay pigeon. pigeon. <laughs> and so if you wanted to read a, hear us read a scene where Chewie shoots a Knight of, Knight of Ren like he's a clay pigeon, which is much more interesting than anything that happened with the Knights of Ren and Rise of Skywalker, then uh, you go there, patreon.com forward slash stand of the movies. A lot of fun, a lot of edification and good stuff to be had there. Sign up today. And uh, until next time. We live in a society. <laughs> I don't think that counts. That's not actually from the movie. Uh, <laughs> what was the rest of that line supposed to be anyway? It was really just filmed for the trailer. Yeah, it's just based on that stupid meme. Okay, what's a move? What's a line from this film? All the, all the wonderful, memorable lines of dialogue in this movie. <laughs> I'm rich. I'm rich. <laughs> I don't know, what does... What are the that that that's a line that'll live among a certain segment of nerddom? Uh, the what, the the Thamascarians, What do they say? Show them your fear, and then they all say like, "We have no fear. We have no fear." <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other random thought. The the Zach's. I guess everybody knows why now that all this stuff about Whedon's come out. But the Zack Snyder version, weirdly, much less weird sexualization of there's plenty in any superhero movie and certainly plenty here but mm -hmm. uh, the Whedon cut was much more scuzzy about showing off Wonder Woman's outfits and the really? Thamascarian's outfits and oh yeah Huh. Maybe because that got flack even before Whedon got me too. Yeah, too'd. Snyder so, might have adjusted. Yeah I mean they're still the, th the Thamascarian's still are much less modest than they were in uh, the Patty Jenkins Mm -hmm. the wonderment but uh, yeah it's not shot with the uh, the cameraman obviously salivating the way that it was in some of the Whedon stuff so there you go random thought now you guys have to say another line until next time it's really Alfred has a good line <laughs> right ain't over yet right, right ain't, ain't over yet right ain't over yet right what? ain't over remember no Aquaman in the in the in the penultimate battle scene in the sky he's launching through the sky he's killing guys he's falling he's falling Cybertron catches him. Right in over yet. Right. Except he only says that in the Whedon cut, actually. Because <laughs> it's oh, so on. stupid. No, uh, but Aquaman does say, my man, in the my Snyder cat cut. Yeah, no, right. he doesn't. It is. He does. Oh. They played it down. In the in the Whedon cut, he comes surfing out on a parademon and right. says, like, my man, into yeah. the camera. <laughs> but in the, in the Snyder cut, he just says, my man. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Hold on. Oh, my goodness. Until next time, this world will fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake, I think we I think we can do better than that. Sorry, I actually looked up the best quotes, and that was the number one. The number one best quote. Something is coming. <laughs>
I had a dream. It was the end of the world. <laughs> I, th- I think it's something more, something darker. These are the best quotes from the movie, according to... Oh, my goodness. Uh, I've never... Uh, I got it. One misses when one's biggest concern... Ex- no, that's Whedon. It's a good line, actually. But Exploding wind-up penguins? Yeah, that's... That's, that's a, Whedon? That's a, you, can, you can just tell that's Whedon. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is a good line. It is. But it was still in the Snyder Cut. Was it? I don't remember. I don't remember think it was, it. but... You can be anything you want to be. Evil does not sleep. It waits. It waits? Wakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it waits. waits. <laughs> it wakes. It waits. What? Oh, okay. Well, that's less dumb than what I thought they said. Some call me the Martian Manhunter. Don't count on it, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's a chapter title. <laughs> it is, yeah. All right, folks. See you next time. <laughs>